Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Some of you may have noticed that there's a missing person in the midst of this today. Pastor Chris uh, was, uh, had, had done all the work kind of getting ready for these moments and had planned uh, even to preach this morning and woke up sick and uh, was unable to be with us this morning. And so he was uh, very disappointed about that. I know this is always a special uh, part of uh, just our church and a special part of his ministry to uh, our students. And so I know he sends his love this morning. And, you know, on Thursday night, we had a uh, team night. And in that night, uh, I shared a story. And at the end of that story, as we were leaving, Chris asked me, he said, are you sure you're not supposed to use that and share on Graduate Sunday? And I said, you know, I mean, he'd already planned to preach, and I'm, I'm like always ready to preach, you know? And so I was like, well, I don't, you, you just keep trucking along, and we'll kind of navigate some of this as it, as it comes around. But unless you just really feel that, that direction, then I think you should continue on. And then this morning when he called me, I said, well, maybe, Lord, I am supposed to share that message this morning. And so, uh, so I'm going to share a little of that same scripture, different, but I'm uh, going to share that story and, and excited to, to do that. I thank God for our students. Thank God for this faith family. And, you know, I want to remind you that as we gather here, we gather as a body of believers. And, and we must never forget that the church is a body. And sometimes... There's been a tendency for churches to operate as corporations or businesses, but Paul uh, writes to the church at Ephesus, and his desire is that we would see that the church is a body, and this body is made up of cells. It's made up of individuals, and these cells are individual believers that God has gifted in unique and individual ways, and you and I as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a unique role to play. All of us have a unique role to play in us having a healthy body. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11. And the scripture says this, And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. And so in my role as senior pastor, as we, we have these kind of titles that are there sometimes, and, and in the midst of that, uh, there's this reality and this, this uh, posture that my heart tries to take that we, when I look at the rest of our staff or as volunteers and those door holders that serve in our church, we all have a part in the building up of the body. And what I want you to hear from me this morning is that all of our parts are equally important. So we all have a part, different gifts, different ways that God has equipped us, different spiritual gifts, if we were to look back further in this chapter. And the first, which we just read about, is that there's this, this picture that my role and our staff and the way that we lead our pastoral role here is that we might equip the saints. And, and as the saints are equipped... It's going to lead to something else. And the second piece is that the body of Christ serves together, that we engage together. And as a result, there's something beautiful that takes place, and it's the building up of the church. So these gifts that we have, these gifts that these grads have, that they're used in a way 
that helps grow us as a body. Now, when we think about growing and we see these grads up here, I watched the parents as their kids came down in our early service, and every parent, you could just see their hearts overflow, right? And there's this thought that I look at them, and I'm going, how in the world? How, how could this happen? How could it go so fast, right? And we recognize that as parents, and we think about, you know, as, as our kids go to different stages, whether it's kindergarten and these different milestones throughout their life, in those moments, it, it's always overwhelming just to think about this season that has changed and this time in their life. And the reality is that we're growing up as well, and we should be growing as a faith family, not only in number as others come into our faith family, but also in maturity together. Look at verse 13. It says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now, we are growing together in Him. We grow according to His Word, and these gifts come together in a way that grows us into maturity. Now, Dr. Howard Hendricks, who is a seminary professor uh, that I've had the the blessing of uh, being part of, he referred to the church, and he said the church sometimes looks more like a football game than it does a body. He said that it looks uh, like a football game in this way. He said there's 50,000 people in the stands desperately in need of exercise, watching 22 people on the field desperately in need of rest. But the reality is that God has called us all to play a part. If you look in these scriptures, there's this this blessing that takes place when this happens. It says, until we all attain the unity of the faith. So as a body of believers, there should be a unity of faith that we see. Now, these uh, things that we are unified around, these are major doctrinal issues like the Trinity, like the, the full deity and humanity of Christ, the virgin birth, the atoning death of Jesus Christ, right? This picture that, that Christ died an atoning death to pay for our sins in our place, this uh, miraculous resurrection, right? This bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, the promise that he is coming again for his church, that salvation is by faith alone, through grace alone, uh, in Christ alone, that we see these type of things, the the inerrancy, uh, the inspired word of God, right? The inerrancy of the word of God. And we should, as a faith family, we should strive to maintain this kind of unity uh, in the faith and And there are places that we hold very tightly, places like I just mentioned. And then there are other places that we can hold a little bit looser, right? Less crucial matters, but there's a unity of faith of the body of Christ as we serve together. And when there's this rootedness in God's Word around the truth of who Jesus is, He says in the knowledge, He says there's this unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So as we know who Jesus is, right, in Colossians 1, there was this beautiful prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Colossae, and it's a prayer that we should pray for our graduates, right, that they would be uh, filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual understanding that we might walk worthy, right? There's there's this picture as we know who Jesus is, as as we understand the work of Christ, and there's something beautiful that takes place. Look at verse 14. It says, as a result, we are no longer children. We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, and by craftiness in deceitful scheming. 
Now these grads this morning, they are going into a new environment. They're going in to a place, you know, with every step, there's a little more freedom. There's a little less, you know, mom and dad beside them. There's a little less of the, hey, it's Sunday morning, and so we go to church. There's a little less of some of those things. I do want to mention to our parents, as long as we pay, we get a say, by the way. So just because our students are leaving our home doesn't mean that we check out in the responsibility and the authority that we have uh, in those relationships. And so there's nothing greater that can happen to our students for them to stay connected. We're seeing that there's this picture of a body of Christ, and, and we're to stay connected in that body. And there's this reality that, that Satan has designed this world in such a way uh, that the, the schemes and the false doctrines and all of these things, trickery of men, all these things are designed, right? And they, they can pull our students, they can pull their hearts away from the truth. And I said before, you know, there's, no, there's nothing we can do uh, that can protect them from every lie, but there is plenty that we can do to make sure that they know the truth. And this call, by the way, no matter where you're at and no matter how old your students are, there are multiple generations within this room. And this call to engage in the work of the ministry in such a way that the generations that would follow us would know and love Jesus is a call that is worth every member of the body pouring their lives into. It is a call that we might disciple and pour into one another, that we might live in such a way. And we're going to see how this works. But, but as students go into this college setting, there's some dangers that are out there. And all of us have gone to the beach and had those moments where maybe we go out from our umbrella and we get out in the water and we're hanging out and we're doing our thing. And if you're directionally challenged like I am, or if you're a bit, uh, you know, everything looks the same, right? When I look back, all the condos look the same. All the things, every umbrella looks the same. It's just a bit of how my mind is wired. And so all of a sudden, you can go out in the ocean. I can be playing with the kids, and all of a sudden, we look up, and man, we are a long way from where we started. And if we're not careful, this tendency that we can have, and grads, you can very easily find yourself passive about your faith. You can say, you know what, we've been walking in uh, student ministry, or we've been doing this, and I'm going to take a step back, and you can find yourself Passive in those places, and before you know it, you can drift so much further than you ever thought you would. I can't overemphasize the importance of if you are moving away from this local body of believers that within a short time, because here's the truth, the environments that you place yourself in, the things that you do as you begin this adventure in college, it will determine so much of the destination that you will be in the four years that you are at school. When I walked into college, I was not prepared for those kind of things. When I walked into school for the very first time, I, you know, there's this separation from all the people that you once knew, all the things that were there, and there's this tendency that we might drift and that we just drift into environments or any place that we can be uh, accepted, that we can find those kind of things. And it's so important that you recognize in these moments, like as we read the things that, that this class desires to do and, and see the heart that they have for four years when it comes to education, when it comes to the trades that they will pursue, when it comes to the, uh, the jobs that they hope to have. 
there should be an even greater vision, an even greater dynamic with our families and with our parents and with our students that says, where do you want to be in four years? Where do you want to be in six years? Where do you want to be in your walk with Jesus? Where do you want to be in relationship with other believers? And the environments that you connect in when you walk away from these places are so important because they will determine so much of where you land. And there's this picture as we connect in the body of Christ. Look at verse 15. It says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects to him who is the head, even Christ. And in the Greek, there's this thought of truthing in love. And there's this picture that there's a connection within the body of Christ and that there are relationships that are within this body that allow for the truth to be shared in love, that allow for people that are journeying the same direction, people that are on the same path, that are desiring uh, to pursue Christ and desiring to follow Him, that there's relationships that you have with one another that allow us to sharpen one another, that allow us to speak the truth in love, that allow us to walk together. And we recognize that Christ is the head, right? This is His church. Look at verse 16. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The church is not a pyramid where there's a pastor that is a CEO and where there's all these other pieces that fall somewhere under that. That is not the picture. The picture is that there's a body of Christ. I've heard it said and even have said myself that we are all on the same bus and I just have a different seat on that bus. But God convicted my heart as I looked at this passage. And the reality is that we are not all on the same bus and everybody in a different seat, but we are the bus. We are the body of Christ. And, and Jesus Christ is ahead and he is ordering and we are connected to him and to one another. We are walking together in that. And every person has a part for the equipping, for service, for growth. It all works together. And when we do those things, there's something beautiful that God does with His people as an expression of His body. The difference that each of you make and the place that God has called you to make a difference is greater than you think. You know, this year I've had the blessing of being around um, some different uh, athletic events and seeing uh, at times where they didn't have uh, the ability to, to gather in games. I got to see some of you play uh, via uh, live streams and just all kind of things that you faced uh, throughout this year. But over the past little bit, I've had the blessing of being part of track and field. My daughter Hope is running track. And so uh, there was a meet earlier this year uh, that when I was watching that meet, there was something beautiful that took place. And as I was watching that meet, I watched my daughter run. And those of you that are parents and grandparents, when you see your daughter sing or when you see your daughter uh, do something or your son do something, it doesn't even really matter even how great they do it. There's just something that stirs in your heart, right? I can remember when I was growing up and I was playing basketball and doing those kind of things, I, I, I shot the goal in the, in the wrong basket <laughs> one time. I, I, I believe I heard my parents talk about that. And so but there was something that was kind of neat in that moment, right? I'm pretty sure that my mom was out in the stands going. Because <laughs> I'm her 
her boy, right? She's looking and she's like, you know, so she, there's this kind of moment. Well, I watched Hope run. And then there was this other athlete that was there. Her name was Dylan Garcia. And I'd never seen this girl run. But this past week, she broke um, this, this long-standing record of a mile run and, and by a bunch and has the, the record for that. Well, I'd never seen her run. And she was behind in this event. And I was watching her. It was like one of those longer, uh, you know, several lap races. And so she's been going around. And there's this girl uh, that's been way ahead of her for this whole time, right? And she's not in the front of the pack. But then all of a sudden, I mean, she knew exactly what she was doing. And on that last lap, this girl, man, she turned it on. And when she did, like the whole crowd, like is going crazy, right? I'm, we're sitting there. We're, I'm, I'm sitting with Barry Breeden, and we're watching this, this race. And all of a sudden, we see this girl, and she starts coming around. And when she did, I mean, there was something in her hearts that just were overfilled with joy. People that were not even on her team were cheering. Like everybody was cheering as she just came through across that finish line. There was another young man that I got to see run that day, and... His name was Devin Blackburn, and Devin and his mother had been worshiping with us for a season, and I'd gotten to learn uh, about his story. I'd gotten to learn a bit of who he was. Devin, come here for just a second. I want to I introduce you to Devin Blackburn, and I want to share last week um, was a year from uh, this time where Devin was in a car accident. Devin was hit by an uh, 18-wheeler, and I got to see him running. This kid's fast. Like, <laughs> he really is. You're going to see here in just a second, but I want to share with you kind of a year's journey in his life. And then I want to share just a little bit of when I saw uh, Devin run. And, and I can't say enough just how proud I am of, of him and all that God is doing and has done um, just through this year in his life. And so I want to invite you. I saw uh, on Wednesday night, as I was reading this passage, there was a social media post that his mom had made. And when I saw this post, it just connected in my heart in a special way. And I want to share uh, that with you all. And then I want to share uh, just a little bit as I close. So, Devin, I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Here, let's watch this together over here. Wayne. There you go. It's awesome, man. Now, you got to feel just a little bit of the emotion that I felt that day. And when I saw my daughter run, man, there was something beautiful that stirred in my heart, and I was so proud. And when I saw this girl, I didn't even know, but I saw, man, the determination and just the way that she ran that race, there was something that stirred in my heart that was pretty powerful. But when Dylan, when, when Devin came around that turn and I saw him running, I want you to know that there was something in my heart that stirred with emotion, and I was as proud of him as I was of any other thing. And the reality is that, you know, he didn't win the race that I saw him run. He was a few people back in that race, but I want you to know that I knew what he had overcome. I knew all that God had brought him from. I knew the adversity that he had placed in that year. And in the midst of those moments, right, the other teams, the other crowds, they didn't know all those things, and there were, they may not have been applauding. There may not have been all of those moments that were going, but when I saw him, I want you to know that I was rejoicing. I was applauding. My eyes were filled with tears, and I am reminded that God is not looking for people to be the star of the show, but people that will take the very gifts that he has given them, that will take all that he has given them, and God knows when he looks down and when he sees us in our service, when he sees the way that we are walking, when he sees the struggles that we face, he knows the adversity that we walk through. He knows the challenges that we have, but when we use the gifts that he has given us for the 
best ability that we can for the glory of his name. I want you to know that it pleases the Father. He sees you. He knows your faith. He knows your heart. And he desires that you might use everything that he has given you for the glory of his name. We all have a part. We are the church. And God doesn't desire us to sit in the stands and watch a race that's taking place, but he desires us to look to him and to run with everything that we have. The author of Hebrews in chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, says this, Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, if you are weary, and I know that there may be people that are weary this morning. There may be people that have grown weary in serving, that have grown weary just in the midst of this life. And the writer of Hebrews knew that. And he said, when you get in that kind of moment, he said, I want you to consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And as we serve him, as we run, and that's my heart for this graduating class, not to think that this race is over and that you've finished all these things, but to recognize that we are to run the race that is set before us. And God knows every detail about that. And our job is to run our race. And when we run it to the best of our abilities and to the, the, the best way that we know how, and we use every gift and everything that God has given us, we recognize that those are given to us by him and in his grace and in his goodness, and that we'll find joy as we serve him. And so we set our eyes on him. When we get where we don't look to the ones that are beside us, we don't look to the ones that are around us, but we look to Jesus. And when we feel weary, we are reminded of what he endured in our place. And as we, as the body of Christ, does each one its part, we experience growth. We experience growth together in maturity. Doors are open. Lives are changed. And my hope is that every person here will run with endurance, that we will get in the game, and that we will give everything we have because we know that it is a gift from him. And may we use it in a way that brings him glory and honor. I don't know where we're at this morning. I recognize that in the midst of this race, Sometimes we get weighed down. The writer of Hebrews said that we lay aside every weight. I don't know what it is that's keeping you from running. It might be unforgiveness. It might be bitterness. It might be things that you were walking with. It might be, I don't know the things that are in our lives. It may be things that we are carrying. It could be sin that so easily entangles us. But there's something beautiful, right, that we have a loving Father. And when we approach Him in repentance, then He restores and He lifts and He works. And I don't know where you're at, but this call that we might lay down, whatever it is, whatever it is that keeps us from running well, that we might lay those things down, that we might cast all of our cares on him, that we might lay aside sin, that we might lay aside burdens, things that are, that are just in our lives, and that we might not look to ourselves, that we might not look to those around us, but we might look to Jesus. 
And we might remember that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith, that he is the one that is working, and that he who began a good work in you, I want you to know if you are in Christ, he who began a good work in you is going to see it through into the day of completion. And we walk through difficult times, and sometimes those moments can be filled with suffering and filled with difficulty. Devin told me uh, on Thursday or Friday, actually on Friday, he said, you know, I walked through all that. He said, I used to be faster. He said, I used to be all those things. But he said, what God has done in my life. He said, what God has done in my life over this past year through the adversity and through the things they're facing. He said, I was going down the wrong path. And he said, now I'm following Jesus. And he said, I'm walking. And he said, I wouldn't trade it. And he didn't. He said, I wouldn't trade any of those things. He said, I'd go back through it again in a minute. In our life, right, James said, hey, consider it pure joy, the trials of your faith, because they're working. God is not wasting any part of it. And though the outward man may be perishing, though we may be facing difficulty, though we walk through hard times, and we will walk through hard times, those things are going to be, but God is not forsaken us. And there's something beautiful when we are serving him and walking together as the body of Christ. Though the outward man grows weary, the inward man is renewed day by day. And our hope, let us run with everything that we have. And if we'll unite on mission in the unity of the faith and, and say, you know what, we're going to lay down these things that hinder us. We're going to lay down these things that can do damage to the body of Christ. We want to we recognize this and we're connected to one another. It's not just you running the race by yourself. And when you hurt and when you fall and when you struggle, the body struggles, but there's something beautiful when you remain connected. There are other parts that lift up and, and there's things that are sent to heal and to work. There's truthing that takes place. There's this love that is shared and God does something and we all finish together. That's the goal, right? That this body of Christ would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ into a mature assembly of believers that would continue to see growth and continue to see lives changed by the glory of God. And it is only him that does the work. And so as we worship together, I want to invite the band to come. And I don't know what God may speak to your heart this morning, but if there are things in your life, I pray, pray that you will lay them down. Anything that might hinder you from running well, that you might lay those things down at his feet, that you might, uh, whether it be in, uh, in front of this stage on your knees, we would love to pray with you, whether it be in your seats, that you would say, you know what, God, I don't know uh, all the things that you would have for me. And maybe there's times that I've got distracted in the race and I've been too busy looking at other people and I've been too busy looking at my adversity and I've been too busy looking at other things. But this morning, God, I want to fix my eyes on you and I pray, God, that you'll do something in me because here's the truth of the matter. None of us can run on our own, that it is only in Christ. It's only in Christ that these graduates are going to be able to walk uh, in, in, in a new environment. It's only in his strength. It's only in those places that we can serve him. But I want you to know, if you pray and you say, God, here am I. Lord, I, I, I'm here. God, I'm for your service. Lord, there's a prayer that he will answer. He'll reveal to you. And some of you say, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Do something, right? I, I'm just going to tell you, you I, I, there's 400 spiritual gift surveys we could give out. Uh, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those. But I'm going to tell you how you figure out what you're doing. I don't find 40 spiritual gift surveys in, in the testimony of the early church. But I find a bunch of people that said, you know what? We're doing life together. And we're going to serve God together. And we're going to share things. We're going to give of ourselves. We're going to be mutually connected to one another. And so get on mission. You'll find something you like. And if you don't, you can find something else because there's a lot to do. So my encouragement, get in the game and live for something greater, something greater than anything. The King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Father, I pray, God, that you might do something in our midst, Lord, that would, God, that would change us from the inside out. God, that would, God, that would call us to 
Lord, what you would have us to do as your people, God, surrendered uh, to you, Lord, on mission for the glory of your name. God, I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here that has never surrendered their life to you, God, that has never been saved by your amazing grace, Lord, we know that it is by faith uh, in Christ, Lord, that we are made right with a holy God, Lord, that it is your grace, God, that has provided a way of salvation, Lord, that, it, that by grace, Lord, that we... Uh, God, have the ability to be in a relationship with you, Lord. And we are thankful for that amazing grace, Lord. We're thankful for your goodness, Lord, and your mercy. And Lord, the atoning death of Jesus Christ, Lord, the, the reality that none of us are good enough in our own, that none of us, Lord, could be uh, in your presence, Lord, that we are sinful, Lord, that it is Ali's verse, Lord, we have all sinned and fallen short of your glory. But thanks be to God, Lord, that Jesus lived a sinless life, that he, that he stepped out from the glories of heaven, that he was fully God and fully man, that he lived a sinless life on this earth, that he stretched his arms out and died a, a sinner's death on a cross in my place, that he was placed in a bar tomb, and on the third day that he rose again and he ascended to the Father. And, and the Scripture said that we read today that he is seated at the right hand of the Father because the work is done. Everything is complete that we might need. And so we come trusting in you. God, if I pray, if there's someone that doesn't know you, Lord, that they today, Lord, would believe by faith in the work that you've done on the cross, Lord, and that you might save them, Lord, that you might uh, allow them to pass from death to life, Lord, and that you might restore them into service, Lord, and part of your body. Father, we pray, God, for your will and way in every life. God, I pray, Lord, that there might be people, God, that would surrender everything this morning and say, God, I don't know what you want me to do, Lord, but here I am, Lord, I am yours. Father, we love you, and Lord, we are reminded when we get ready, Lord, that of what you endured in our place. And God, we are so grateful. Lord, may our lives reflect that kind of gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together.